Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, Dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. So today's episode has fully been constructed based on feedback that I get from you guys. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, every week I do this series where I ask you guys for your current goals. And in return, I recommend either a podcast interview I've done or a book that I've read, which I think will help you. And I love doing this series because I like I get an idea of the topics that you guys are interested in, what you're struggling with, what you need help with. But what I found really interesting was how many of you were asking about how to make friends as an adult and secondly, how to kind of progress in your career. And so today's guest is in response to those questions. It is Lex Nico, who is actually a friend of mine for quite a while. We've been internet friends for many years now. She's also from Toronto. And she is someone who is quite impressive with her network of actual genuine relationships that she's cultivated over the years. She knows basically everyone. And she's really climbed her way in her career through these really beautiful, meaningful relationships she's had. So, you know, um, I met Lex through Instagram. She comments on pop culture. She's really, really funny. She creates like really uplifting, pretty hysterical content, but at the same time comments on what's going on in celebrity culture and pop culture and all of that. But at the same time, she also works at Pinterest. So she has like these two careers, um, one in social media, just, you know, having worked on Instagram as a content creator and the other as the superstar at Pinterest. And even based on the relationships she's cultivated through Instagram, she recently had an opportunity to um, host a segment on E! So she's really created these opportunities based on relationships. And she really is a master networker, but not in the cheesy way that you think when you hear the word networking. I don't think networking has to be cheesy at all. And I think that there's an art to it. And we get all like we get 
into all of that in today's interview. So I'm really excited to bring it to you. I hope it brings you a lot of value. I know that Lex shares so many incredible, tangible tips, which I think we can all appreciate. So I'm, I'm super excited for this interview. Before we dive in, I want to share this week's review, which comes to us from Amy S. And she says a suggestion. Hi, Sif. I'm an avid listener and I'm much older than your target audience. I love your content and the information your guests impart. As a constructive critique, try not to say like so much. Honestly, I'm a fan, not a hater. Just a mom of girls older than you. Worked on that with them as well. Love Array too. Keep up the great work, Amy. This is such a helpful comment and I really appreciate it. Honestly, I'm very, very open to constructive criticism. And I know that I say like a little bit too much. Amy, I promise you I'm working on it. And to everyone else who thinks I say like too much, I agree. And I promise you I'm working on it. So I really do appreciate this and appreciate any feedback you give me. So to anyone who has a second, if you feel like the show has brought you value, please, please take a second out of your day to leave the show a review and rate it. So all you have to do is open the Apple podcast app, scroll down to the bottom where it says rate and leave a review. And if you think I deserve it, please give the show a five-star rating and leave me a review. Give me your constructive criticism or tell me what you love about the show, who you want to see next, dream guests, favorite topics. Just tell me everything. The more you tell me, the better I can make the show. So I really do appreciate anyone who has taken the time to leave a review. It genuinely means the world. So let's talk about this week's hot tip. It is a cleanser that I have been loving. I've been using the Biologique Recherche Lay You Cleanser. So what I do is I first, I do a double cleanse every night and I start with the Mara Beauty Cleansing Oil, which I've talked about a billion times. It is such a phenomenal cleanser. It takes off all my makeup. And then as a second cleanse, I use the Biologique Recherche Lay You. So this cleanser is a really nice milky cleanser. I feel like it just takes everything off, whatever residual stuff I have on my face, dirt, crime, makeup, what have you. It takes everything off and it leaves my skin feeling really bouncy and um, not stripped in the slightest. So last year I had Ida Bikaj on the podcast. She is an expert esthetician and she's a specialist for Biologique Recherche specifically. So she recommended the Lay You Cleanser and she said that instead of just finishing your cleanse with an oil-based cleanser to use the Lay You as well, which I thought was really helpful. So I was I'm always looking to kind of keep my skincare routine exciting. And so I wanted a new kind of milky cleanser. And so I picked up the Lay You from Biologique Recherche and I'm really loving it. So I had to pass that tip on. If you guys are on the market for a good cleanser, try that one. All right. With that, let's welcome Lex to the Dream Bigger podcast. I want to start the conversation off with... Mm -hmm your whole career journey. How the hell did you end up at <laughs> Pinterest? But like, I want to know right from the beginning. Okay. I mean, right from the beginning, if I'm going back to university, I went to university in Canada to the University of Western Ontario, and they were launching a program that was focused. It was a brand new program in new media, mm -hmm. which we now know as digital media, digital marketing, social media. Wait, they had a course in that? That's mm -hmm. so rare. They did not have that at University of Toronto, which is where I went. Like <laughs> no. they were like, <laughs> I know. So it was very new and very unique. So that was my major. And I really realized, you know, I loved culture. I loved how this technology was starting to influence advertising and marketing and everything like that. 
cut to me graduating and going and doing my MBA at the University of Waterloo, again, also in Canada, and coming out of that and going into a finance job. So you worked in finance. Wait, yes. how did I never know this? Also, you were like the furthest thing from a finance girl. Could you imagine me walking into like a C-suite meeting with all of these were old you like men? Like the Bay Street finance. Yes. No. Like way. telling them how to manage their money, and I have my portfolio of clients, whining and dining them, and I'm just like, this is not me. I realized very quickly it was a very misogynistic space. I did not feel comfortable in it. I loved. I went into finance because I love math. Like, that's truly what it was. And I was good at it. And so I just realized I don't want to be doing this. I was working in the tech vertical within finance, and that was my book of business. And I had a girlfriend who was doing digital marketing or digital media at another company. And she was like, why don't you come over and interview for a sales job here? I feel like you would be really good at that. So I went and did that. So I got into sort of like that digital advertising sales. This was for the Toronto Star. Mm -hmm. They had a digital arm called Olive Media. And I did that for two years. And then when I was there... Wait, I'm going to mm -hmm. sit and dissect here for a second. Do it. Okay. Do it. And so even going from... First of all, this is a really good case study and like people mm -hmm. who like pivot their careers. And it's, I think, something people are really interested in. Now, how did you even land that job in Toronto Star? Because that's like not an easy thing to land, especially coming from finance. Like Exactly. So, I mean, the thing that I always stress to people is the importance of relationships because truly my entire career progression yeah. and the fact that I've twice been able to make these sort of lateral moves, mm -hmm. one from, you know, the finance industry into the tech industry and then from sales into marketing within the tech industry was all through my relationships. So I always tell people like, you do not have to be an asshole to be successful. Be nice to people. You know, ask them to go for coffee. Take that 15 or 30-minute coffee that someone is asking you to go on. Build and nurture those relationships because they come through for you in your career tenfold. Like, I can't stress it enough. I could not agree more. And, like, I actually want to, like, go into this, mm -hmm. like, after we finish the career story because, like, I think that people really, like, they don't realize the importance of relationships. But, yeah. like, even for me, my so much of my career and like my whole journey, whether it be with like Array, the podcast, like what have you has been hinged on the strength of my relationships. Yeah. And I feel like there is a way to do it in like a very authentic way. And like, not mm -hmm. like, I mean, people think immediately like networking and it's almost like this like creepy term. I know. But like, it, I think it's different from like relationship building. You know what I mean? I agree. And I feel like there was, even when I was coming out of university, there was this culture, that hustle culture of networking, networking, go to these industry events, meet all these people, da, 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 and be really like aggressive about it. Yeah. And I think you can be assertive without being aggressive. You know, Could for not me, agree more, yeah. I really am just like, I want to get to know people. I'm a curious person by nature. And it's not what can I get from that? Yes. It's like, I want to learn from you. I want to teach you. I want to help each other grow and evolve. It has to be that two-way relationship or else it's completely inauthentic. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so then you have this thing at mm -hmm. Toronto Star, which by the way, if like you're not Canadian, that's <laughs> no. a big, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, like, yeah. I applied for an internship at Toronto Star and they rejected me so fast. It was not, it was, it was not even funny. It was just like, <laughs> they're like, girl, bye. Yeah, girl, truly. They were like, no, not, not this time. <laughs> Move along. No, I know. So it was great. And I learned a lot. And again, it was sort of this like early introduction to the world of digital media for me. And, you know, from there, again, based on a relationship, actually my friend went to Pepperdine. He did his MBA at Pepperdine. 
his roommate from Pepperdine was working at Google. They needed to hire somebody on their one of their retail pods. And so she reached out to me and asked me to apply. So I went from the Toronto Star to Google, was there for two years. Then again, this is so, I'm like, this is all predicated on relationships. At Amazon opened an office in Canada. I was the ninth employee that they hired for their media group, their ad sales group. Again, it was somebody from Google went over to kind of start that up brought me over there. And I stayed there for two years. And, and this was, is still sales. This is still sales. And in that time, I realized, you know, I have been doing this now for what, six years, and then a couple of years of finance. And I'm like, I'm sort of tired of the sales thing. Behind all of this, I've been blogging because I started a blog to have a creative outlet while I was still doing finance. We saw the evolution of influencer marketing with Instagram, Twitter, even, you know, Pinterest. And like, I was doing all of that on the side and there was this opportunity that came at Amazon where they were, they wanted to launch their Amazon Associates program in Canada. There was nobody in Canada to lead it. They just had one person in Seattle at HQ. So they said, you are an influencer, you're a content creator. Would you want to like throw an event and onboard some of these other influencers that are your friends? So I got to plan events for our friends and like have them come and educate them about the affiliate program. And that's sort of when I realized, okay, this is what I want to be doing. So I left Amazon at that point. I also was just very burnt out. So I actually took like eight months off of work. I was very fortunate. I took time off work. I traveled because I went right out of school into working. Yeah. And I then picked up like a consulting contract with Roger Sportsnet. So it's like ESPN in America to help their sales team build an influencer marketing strategy because their on-air talent was getting inbound requests for in influencer marketing campaigns on Instagram and stuff like in partnership with Sportsnet. And they had never done that before. Mm. And they needed somebody to come in and help them. So this was the point in my career where I was seeing this sort of like intersection of my personal passions and my work coming together. And I was just like, okay, I am now in a very unique situation because I'm almost like a, a, a champion of this work, an expert, a leader in, in industry here. And it was there that, again, when I took that consulting contract, I got a call from Pinterest about a sales job. The Toronto tech market, I should also say, is very small. So like you go to a Google or Amazon, all of the companies are coming after you, you know? And so I had a call with recruiting from Pinterest. I stuck to my guns. I, I was like, you know, I don't, want to go into sales. So I declined moving forward in the interview process. And then a year later, they called me with a creator manager and partnerships role. So that's what got me into Pinterest in Canada. And now I've since evolved here. I know that we're both into the woo. Mm -hmm. We're woo girlies. We're woo girlies. <laughs> and I'm very, I'm like fine with it. You know, I've just yes. embraced this part of myself. But you know, there is this concept of like energetically settling for something versus like sticking to your mm -hmm. guns and like knowing like truly like what you really want. And I feel like this Pinterest thing, like you saying no to them in the sales role I know. was like such a, like an energetic thing. Cause like Pinterest is an awesome company. Like, you know, like I think- most people would be so tempted to take that. But the fact that you were like, even though this is a great company, like I know mm -hmm. what I want in my career. And then that opportunity came to you from the same company exactly. a year later. Like that's wild to me. I know. And I think what was so interesting about it is like, if it were, you know, three years, five years before, I probably would have taken it to yes. be like, I can get my foot in the door with this company. But at that point, 
I had done that so many times at other companies that I was like starting to realize that's not the way to go about it. It's very difficult internally to move around. Like it's difficult to get any sort of dream job, but mm -hmm. it's difficult even internally when you're sort of typecast as a salesperson yeah. to then make that pivot. So you, you really have to have somebody sort of like take a bet on you. And for me, I was like, I'm going to bet on myself and hold out here. There's other work that I can do to build and grow my sort of professional resume mm -hmm. in this influencer marketing space. So I'm going to go do that because that's what I want right now. And as you said, I sort of let go and let God. And a year later, I was back to getting exactly what I wanted. What's up, everyone? I'm Kristen Cavallari. And I'm Stephen Coletti. We're so excited to announce Dear Media's new podcast, Back to the Beach with Kristen and Stephen, where we'll revisit all of your favorite episodes of Laguna Beach, The Real Orange County, and unveil behind-the-scenes secrets, tea, and all sorts of new insight into this groundbreaking show. So join us every Tuesday. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm already feeling nostalgic. But I think that there's also like, like some real like strategic things that mm -hmm. you did, which was that you were doing the work on the back end to make that those shifts happen for you exactly. in your career. So for anyone who is trying to like make a lateral shift, how do you advocate for yourself and like really get known as an expert, even though like maybe mm -hmm. that's not your technical background? Yeah. I mean, I think that in all of my jobs, what I did regardless of, you know, what my job title was, was I would sort of look to what are these like 20% projects that I can take on to really say, I want to raise my hand and be, you know, a subject matter expert in my company. So at Google, I took on like shoppable video for YouTube. So I was our like North American subject matter expert in that, in that as they were launching shoppable video. So you would watch a YouTube video and you could click to purchase exactly from there. I was the person that was working with product and product marketing to know the ins and outs of it. So anytime anybody on like our retail pod had a meeting, they had those questions come up, those got directed to me. And then, you know, in that sense, suddenly, oh, now I have value as an expert in this, in my little pod at Google as a whole, and I'm building relationships across my Canadian and US counterparts. So it really is carving out that extra work and raising your hand saying, I want to do this, like, I'm going to do this. And I will maintain my day to day work activities, but I'm also going to push myself to learn and build a little bit extra. And then in doing that, I just feel like you you fundamentally get to add to your resume too. Yeah. And so it's it's just been like something that I've always advocated for myself and pushed myself to do and encouraged others to do as well. I think that a trend that I see with successful people is that they have this like curiosity and they want to learn and there's like no limitation to how hungry they are to like, you know, become experts at something or constantly be learning, yeah. you know? No, I, I fully agree. I mean, I, I truly always say this. I'm like, I am just a curious person. Yes. You know, people, I, I love getting to know people. I love getting to understand people and why they are the way they are, or how things work. Like, I'm just a very genuinely curious person. And I do feel like that is intrinsically what has driven my success is that it's not always even about, you know, asking the right questions. Sometimes it is, but it's just being curious and asking questions, asking, how can I support you? How can I help this? Can we make sense of this together? And it really, really just drives collaboration. And for me, that's been such a, a proven value of my success. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like fully 
like exactly on the same page. So I think something else that you did really strategically Mm -hmm. was build your own personal brand. And I don't know if you knew this when you were doing it at the very beginning, like starting to Mm -hmm. blog, but like that's kind of what it ended up being. I know. And so it was so interesting. Again, like I said, this is it's all so full circle for me because I feel like I the way that I would describe my blog when I first started it, I was like, it was pin, it's Pinterest before Pinterest. Like every day of the week, I would do, you know, a fashion thing, a food thing, a home thing, a beauty thing, and then sort of a roundup of my five faves, you know, that very old school blog way of mm-hmm. thinking. And I would capture all of these things off the internet in those different verticals and categories of what I loved. And so then, you know, as I was coming out of school, my friends were coming out of school. A lot of them went into PR and suddenly they were like, you have a blog? Oh, I, I'm doing PR for P&G. I want to send you product. And I was like, wait, people are going to send me free stuff. <laughs> so then I was like, I'm in sales. What do I do all day? I pitch people. I'm going to start pitching my blog for free stuff. Then monetization happened. And I was like, I'm going to start pitching my blog for money. Mm -hmm. And it really was this interesting, again, this like give and take of, okay, my professional career and those skills coming into play for my blog and personal passion. And then the influencer marketing world just exploded. And suddenly I had been in it for 10 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that nowadays having a personal brand is like a good thing, especially Mm -hmm. if you want a role in like a creative avenue. Like I just, I think that it's almost like a resume. It's an extension of a resume. A thousand percent. So I actually use this example. There is a girl from TikTok. Her name is Jordan Woodruff. She's amazing. She was a social commentary. She talked about like the TikTok celebrities and our, you know, mainstream celebrities and do all these little social commentary videos. And she was so great at it. And she has such a unique story because she was doing that on TikTok. She was living, I think she was in like Minnesota. She wanted to move. She was moving to New York for a a different job. And then suddenly Barstool Sports reached out to her and wanted her They brought her on to produce podcasts, to make Instagram like videos the way that she was doing on TikTok and build their social around that sort of like TikTok culture. And now she's got her own podcast at Barstool. She's doing all of that work. And it's just so interesting to me that I love her story because she was doing something out of her personal passion and it turned into her dream job. It's just that is to such your point an of a inspiring resume. Yes, it's story, a resume, though. a portfolio. It's your work yeah. and the way you represent yourself and what you're capable of. So I encourage everybody to leverage their social media. And I feel like now even the lines are, I don't want to say more blurred, but it's more open and acceptable. Like nobody's going on your Facebook and being like, oh, they're posting personal things. We can't hire them. Mm -hmm. Sure, there's boundaries and limits of what you should share and shouldn't, but it really is a valuable tool in selling yourself. I think you have a real opportunity to like showcase yourself as Mm -hmm. an expert on social media. It's like a free platform, right? So like it doesn't matter if it's like your, your expertise is like finance or... I don't know, like reporting on celebrities or cooking, you know, like these are all ways that you can like show that you really are an expert and like Mm -hmm. a master at that craft. And then when you do want to get a job that you don't know what'll come by just from that. You have no idea. So treat it 
as your baby, you know, treat it as this tool at your disposal, a free tool, as you say. And like, if you think about how we all consume it, you know, I, I look to someone like Mrs. Dow Jones. She's really strong and she she has like her Instagram around financial investing. Mm-hmm. And I love watching her videos because I don't understand that space anymore. I want to understand it better. And she, you know, allows me to consume it in a way that's snackable and that it's yeah. very easy to understand. And you know, she was doing finance work and she could have been fine staying in her career, but she's now even evolved that into her own brand. And you just, you truly never know. Yeah, it's true. Like, I love her content. I mm-hmm. think it's necessary content, especially because I think that the way people consume information these days has mm-hmm. just inherently shifted. Yes. And if you can present these like difficult to understand things in like the way that Mrs. Dow Jones is doing, I for know. example, it's perfect. And like, if, for example, like a younger person who's like maybe starting out in their career, maybe like they have like an area of expertise. I don't know. Like maybe you can start getting clients as like a financial advisor that way, you know? Absolutely. Again, it's just, you know, for me with going to Sportsnet, I didn't have experience in sports, you know, but I had experience in influencer marketing and in digital sales. And really for them, they were like, this is exactly what we need. The sports is actually secondary. So I was able to go in as a consultant, as you said, truly based on like my social media expertise and education and knowledge that was self-taught that was my leg to stand on, you know? So it's really, same with doing the Amazon Associates thing. Like people, again, were coming to me being like, we don't know what's going on. You seem to have been doing this for a while now. You're our go-to person. And that is what is so invaluable. It's true. How did you decide to start the podcast? Was it like kind of like an extension of your current brand? Mm -hmm. Like, was it almost like a strategic thing that you thought maybe it would lead you to like other opportunities? Yeah. So I started it in the pandemic because what was happening was on Instagram, I was doing these social media roundups and I was just like, okay, everybody's DMing me. I obviously have time to do this because we're all in quarantine, but I needed a more long form extension of like how I wanted to speak with people because they were coming, asking me for my feedback, asking me questions and commentary. And so I started doing during quarantine and then it just kind of like blew up. People kept asking me to talk about things and really going back to my point of being curious and relationship building, I truly fundamentally treat my community as like a two-way street. I always say we're a group project where I'm just doing most of the work. And I just feel like they were asking me to deliver on something and I want to be able to deliver on something at that capacity for them because they, you know, in return, give me so much by showing me love, by listening, following along. And so it really just was that you've asked for it. I'm going to do it. And I love the, I love it as a medium. Mm-hmm. First of all, I can look ugly. <laughs> Second of all, like I love just getting on a mic and talking. Mm-hmm. How do you build that really strong relationship with your community? Because I feel like in the pandemic, Mm -hmm. you were reborn, okay? I know, I know. Like, I don't (laughs) even know how to explain it. Like, we'd been following each other for years prior to the Mm -hmm. pandemic, but then... Come the pandemic, I could not get off your stories. I was (laughs) a woman obsessed. (laughs) It was was a woman obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) It was unhealthy. And like, I feel like, I don't know, like it unlocked a part of you. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe it's just me. And like, I didn't see it before, but I was like, she's fucking crushing it. No, and thank you. I really appreciate that. I think that, again, that was just a time with all of the craziness and 
uncertainty going on in the world, I took that as an opportunity to kind of go inward and pause. You know, I my my career, I was always traveling for work. I was here, there, and everywhere doing all of these social things, trying to fill my time. And I was just like, this is a moment where I can actually sit and be quiet and at peace with myself. And that's what I did. And I also realized, you know, I love talking about this. And the feedback that I was getting from people is like, thank you so much for doing this. There is so much craziness going on in the world. And this feels like a break from the chaos. And when I got consistent feedback like that, I was like, there's no stopping me now. Mm -hmm. You know, I can talk about serious issues. We all know in 2020 with Black Lives Matter and everything that happened in the world, there was a shift culturally with how we show up socially for each other. But I also feel like there is a place for fun. And that's what I wanted to bring to people. And that's what I was being told was helping them. So I wanted to keep doing it. Do you feel like there was a shift in the way that you were even like talking to your community and like building those relationships? Mm -hmm. I mean, again, so much of it came from me just having that one way sort of showing, thinking what I want them to see, hear, or feel to really like listening and taking their feedback. So everything from like Q&As, polls, you know, responding like, crushing my DMs. Again, I had the time to do it. Let's do it. Being in those DMs all of the time and taking people's feedback. And that is where I realized I should have been doing this all along because the whole reason I started sort of shifting into this pop culture space was because I started talking about The Bachelor in my Instagram stories on Mondays. And I there would there'd be a couple times where I'd, like, I'd go out for dinner, I'd be at a workout class, and I started getting DMs from people being like, why aren't you talking about The Bachelor? Are you going to talk about it? Are you just late? And I was like, wait, people want to have this conversation. They want to have this discourse and a space for it. So I should have been listening the whole time. But again, being self-isolated and quarantine just allowed me the time to really realize that. I also think that there is like a like a really specific tip that people can take away from this. Mm -hmm. And that is that I think as people consume content, they like it done in a specific way, you know? So like, for example, you were discussing the Bachelor on Mondays. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what people came to expect. So they wanted more of it. Yes. The consistency. Like if there is one thing that I can say with social media, it's consistency, right? If you can't post every day, that's fine. But make sure that you're showing up week after week in a consistent way so that your community becomes accustomed to expecting something from you at a certain time. You know, this last month, I took a break from the podcast because I just was very busy. I didn't have time to really like dive into sort of how I wanted to shift and grow it. But I made sure that every single week I was guesting on somebody else's podcast so that, you know, at the very least, people could hear what they wanted to hear from me in another format. And I get to show love to some of my, you know, my best podcast buddies and be able to really come out there and support their work and share it with my community as well. So it's all win-win. Like we can all win. I am so not a person that's, you know, it's just me, 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 or it's like a competition with everybody else. Like it's truly just we can all win. And my desire is to have everybody feel and aspire to be the best version of themselves. I love that. So since we are on the topic of like relationships, and I feel like that's kind of mm -hmm. been a theme within this convo. Yes. I get a lot of questions from like listeners and just like audience members about networking. And I quote that because <laughs> I hate that word. I feel mm -hmm. like it's like it, it like the way that it is today is like, icky. And yes. I like to think of it more as relationship building. So how do you feel like you've kind of built and nurtured relationships throughout your career? I mean, honestly, it's for me, scheduling in the time, 
we have the time. We sometimes are not always proactive about making the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mentor to young females and it's making sure that I put in my calendar every single month to check in with them. If we don't have a call scheduled, get one on the books. And really it is like, I book it in, you know, I I can even use the example of this past week, my three best friends from home. I'm Canadian. I'm from Toronto. My three best friends still live in Toronto. And they're my high school besties, everything. I hadn't talked to them in a while in like a, a proper catch up way. Truly, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I scheduled in my calendar with them phone call catch ups. And I know sometimes that feels, you know, formal, but it's what we have to do to ensure that we're nurturing and maintaining those relationships. And I can honestly say, you know, we all got off those calls just being like, I'm so glad we did this. Like, I miss you. I'm glad we caught up. And if you don't make the time, it's never going to work. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. What about when you're starting off your career, mm-hmm. like like actually like building relationships then that will like kind of help you as your career moves along? Yeah, so I did a lot and I have to shout out my dad. My dad is an entrepreneur, so he knows the, you know, quote unquote networking game probably better than most people as you likely do as well. And he encouraged me because I didn't necessarily have those relationships already formed in the workplace, I joined, I joined like networking communities. So, you know, women in tech Canada, you know, females in women in sports and entertainment. So I joined, I actually signed up to those communities. I'd attend events and I would show up alone or with one friend and we would break off because you have to put yourself out there. And it's, I think that's the scariest thing, or it was for me, was the physical act of inserting inserting yourself in a conversation or going up to somebody and introducing yourself. You know, you don't always feel super confident when you're, you know, 21, 22 doing that, but getting over that initial hump is the hardest part. And, you know, from there, it was like, you, you make relationships with these women, you're going out for dinner with them, you start to build those mentorships. And in return, you get to really learn and grow as well. And now I try to give back by doing it with younger women in my community and network. But it really is that hurdle of just like putting yourself out there. And if you don't have the network or relationships, there are these communities that you can sign up for, join. A lot of them are free. Sometimes you have to pay 20 bucks for an event. But it's finding those and really just inserting yourself. Yeah, I think that getting over the hump of like being able to like speak to people or like just getting over that and kind of building your confidence is so important. It's so important. And like, I know that it's not easy. Like I am a very confident person, I would say, you know? So if I found it scary and I've had this like internal anxiety building up, I know that other people have it as well, but it really is just reminding yourself, you know, these are just people. That's, that's the key. They were in the same position as you at one point. And I think the other thing that I always told myself is like, people don't want to not help you, especially women. Like I have been fortunate that I can honestly say, I think that there are lesser women that I can think were unwilling to help me than the ones that were, you know? And so it really is just reminding yourself, like people want to help you. Mm -hmm. They want to also feel helpful and feel valuable. And so I think it's worth trying at least once. And, you know, sometimes my friend and I, we would, I had this like one buddy and we would do stuff and we were like, okay, we're going to make like 10 contacts today, five. And you almost like set yourself up with like a little game. And that also really pushed us too. So finding those little things that work. Yeah, yeah. And also I think something important to note here is that, yes, like, you know, networking, 
vertically yes. is like one thing, right? And like, I guess like that's how you can find mentors. But like, what's also incredibly valuable, at least for me, and you can tell me if it's the same for you, it's been incredibly beneficial for me to have friends who are like horizontally. Yeah, like, like doing, laterally. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. they're like, I feel like we're there for each other and we grow with one another. And Absolutely. it like le- it has led to so many different opportunities for me. And just like having people to lean on, you know? A hundred percent. And like I said, all of those job opportunities that I got, those were not through like senior leaders, like a female mentors. Those were through my peer to peer career relationships. Those were my friends being like, you should do this. I'm going to speak to so-and-so in my company and give me your resume and da-da-da-da. So like that was all through my peer-to-peer relationship. So I cannot stress that enough. And also, you know, those nurturing, the nurturing of those relationships, right? Grab a coffee with each other because not only is it just good for your quote-unquote network, it's support. It's like, oh, I'm managing this person and I'm really struggling with this. Oh, I know how to deal with that try this or speak to them in this way. Like I get so much value out of those relationships and appreciate them. It is everything. Everything. Like I, I have dinner with my friends who are like entrepreneurs or like, you know, marketers, whatever, but like kind of like me, but like maybe a couple of steps ahead or same or like two steps just below, but it is so energy giving. You learn so much. It's always like good ideas go around. Like every time I do that, like it just leaves me feeling so enriched as a person. I know. And I, I just sent a text this morning to a group of my girlfriends here who, you know, they're content creators. They work in digital media. They work in the music space. And I sent them this text and I literally was just like, I am so proud to be, you know, in this group of friends. I'm so inspired by you. The fact that they're all kicking ass at their job, like it motivates me. And I was having a really hard week. And I'm like, I love watching your stories, seeing you all crushing it at your job. It makes me so proud to be your friend. And it's just like those types of relationships and those people. But also to my point of, you know, nurturing it, it's like, if I want to say something like that, I'm going to say it. I don't Mm -hmm. care if they're like, bitch, you're crazy. (laughs) It's like, I want to show my love to you because I appreciate you so much. And you don't even realize how much you're inspiring me. But I want you to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, even just last night, I went out for dinner with like two other founders. Mm -hmm. And literally, I came back and I I was telling my brother on the car ride home. And I was like, it just like, it it brings me so much joy that I get to do this and like feel heard and seen and like I can bounce ideas off of and you know, it's so inspiring, you know? It's so inspiring and it is so motivating. And like you said, you keep using the word energized and energy and that is what it is. It's like, I was having a low week and I'm watching my friends like crushing it in their jobs on their Instagram stories. And I'm like, this is energizing me. This is motivating me and inspiring me to like show up for myself in what I'm doing as well, because I'm seeing all of them do it. And I'm loving what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's it's so it's so great. I was speaking to Jacqueline Johnson on the pod Mm -hmm. as well a few weeks ago. And she was like, yeah, you know, like when we initially started Create and Cultivate, it was like when Emily Weiss was like just starting Glossy. And so of course, she was one of our speakers. And they were literally like starting out their careers together. And now like you see, and it's like Jen Rubio and Emily Weiss and Jacqueline, like they're all like kind of like, they're like superstars, but they started off like young people in their careers. They started off young in their careers in in a space that was, you know, very unknown what the future could hold. But what I love about it and what I love about these sort of relationships, these peer to peer ones as well, is like, 
we create this echo chamber for each other, you know? So Emily's there supporting Create and Cultivate. Create and Cultivate is motivating Emily. And we all build each other up because let's be real, who the hell else is going to do that for us? You know, we have to do it for each other. A hundred percent. So you moved to LA mm-hmm. recently. Talk to me about making friends as an adult, because oh I feel like this is a real mystery to people. And I think both of us have been like fairly successful at it. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your tips here? Again, it comes down to that networking mindset. You know, if I have kind of a relationship with somebody, a lot of it's built through social media now, yes. actually. And if I have like somebody that I'm following or is following me and I, I follow them back, we start DMing each other. You know, I am very forward. I'm just like, do you want to go get brunch on Sunday? Oh, or girl, do you want to go get a coffee? And it's just like, I'm just going to put it out there. The worst that they're going to say is no. And you have to just be comfortable accepting that some people don't have time. It's not that they don't want to be your friend. It's like they're, they're just not where you are, mm-hmm. you know? So don't take that personally. But it really is just like, I want to go out and try and meet people and get to know them. And what I've really seen in LA, and you let me know if you feel the same way, is that as I've met more and more women, they, again, all are very supportive of yes. everybody pursuing mm-hmm. their dreams and their passions. Totally. And they're like, oh, you should meet this person. You should meet this person. But they actually follow through which is so inspiring. I find it very different from Toronto. I feel like Toronto, people really keep to themselves and yes. they're like social circles. Here, it's very like, ooh. It's you really know, open. It's really open. And people are very encouraging when they're like, I'm loving what you're doing. I think you should meet this person. You never know what could happen. And it's that very sort of transactional feeling of, let me like build your network here. And ultimately, it really comes down to the fact that we're all willing to support one another. Also, I think that, the more people get to know one another, like it, it just like everyone can help each other. Mm-hmm. Like there is space for everyone exactly. to excel and we can all learn from each other, like in some way or the other. So I actually really appreciate that like openness because that's how I've always been. Like I love bringing people together mm-hmm. because why the hell not? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like that's the thing. I'm, I've always been fascinated by people who, you, you know, like gatekeep. gatekeep. Yes. I'm, I'm just like, like why? why? <laughs> Like, how is that serving anybody? How is that serving you? Like, if you could tell me how it's serving your growth, then maybe I can make sense of it. But like, I don't know. It it just doesn't seem clear to me. Like, I never want to hold people back from, again, being the best version of themselves or trying at it. Yeah. You know, all we can ask people to do is try and show up as best they can. So like, if somebody's asking me for my help in getting there, why would I ever try to hold them back from that. Yeah, no, never. There's like no gatekeeping no, here. None, <laughs> none. <laughs> so let's talk about the segment that you did at E mm-hmm. because that is a big deal. Yeah. How did that come about? Again, it's all relationships. relationships. So when I moved to LA, I obviously was looking for an apartment. I had connected on social media with Aaron Lim, who's the host of Ease the Rundown on Snapchat. And we connected through some Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month work that he had done earlier in the year. And when I was moving, the timing lined up that Aaron got married in the pandemic, bought a house with her husband, and she was moving. And she, this is, it's, it's as, you know, millennial culture as it can be. She posted an Instagram story of keys to her new home. And I was like, Aaron, congratulations. I'm very happy for you, but I want your apartment. 
I'm like, I don't know where it is. I just know that it looks beautiful. And it feels, again, you know, my mom said to me, like, do you feel a connection to that space? And I was like, I strangely do. Like, going back to our woo-woo girliness, like, I felt a strong connection to her home, even just seeing it visually in photos. And so I was just like, the worst that she's going to say is no. She, of course, didn't. She gave me her landlord's contact, everything like that. I did my application from Toronto. And again, the timing of it all worked that I literally did my application on a Tuesday, found out finally after five months I was moving on the Friday. On the Monday, they had booked everything. On the Tuesday, the apartment building like accepted my application. I flew out on Thursday and I signed it on Friday. Now, I lived in corporate housing and a hotel for two and a half months before my stuff got there, but it was my apartment. And then with Erin, like, she saw what I was doing on social media. And when she went on maternity leave because she just had a baby, she told her producers that, okay, you know, you're getting guest hosts for the rundown. I want you guys to work with Alex. Look at her stuff. I'm pushing for her. And she really advocated for me internally at E that they end up, like ultimately ended up giving me a chance. And what a fantastic opportunity that was. Like even just the fun of it, you know, to do something like that for a week. It was just incredible. And it felt so natural. And like I was in my element and I, I'm just so appreciative of it. But again, that would have never happened if she wasn't there advocating for me. And, and if you weren't there building this content Mm -hmm. for all these years, you know, it wasn't just like someone blindly advocating for you. Like you had been working to kind of like make this a reality for so long. So like, even I remember when I saw that on Instagram, I was like, oh, like this was like, it was meant to happen. Yeah. It's just one of those things where that's like what everyone told me. They're like, this makes total sense. Total sense. And Erin was so kind. Like, again, she said something so funny when we were on the phone with one of the producers, she was just like, we were just talking, the producer and I, about different segments we could work on the following week. And Aaron was just like, see, Bev, like, I told you I got you a smart one. Like, she knows her shit. And I was just like, this is so great. But it's also true. You know, I also want to honor myself and the work that I've been doing. Like, I know what I'm talking about. And I can show up, like I said, on any of my friends' podcasts and tell you exactly what's going on in the world from a pop culture POV because I'm studying it mm-hmm. every single day. A hundred percent. So, for someone who's like new and like interested in companies like Pinterest or mm-hmm. E or like all these incredible places you've worked, what stands out to people? What stands out in terms of like, how we hire? Yeah, how you hire, like when you're looking mm-hmm. at potential candidates, like what really stands out to you guys? You know what? I think a lot at Pinterest right now, and this is something that I've been so fortunate to bring forward. You know, I was our first creator inclusion lead. That was a global role where we really focused on inclusion and diversity for creators. And I've since moved out of that role into a different role in marketing. But for Pinterest specifically, like we really want to ensure that people understand what it means when we say we want to be a place that, you know, represents everyone. And so they always, or I always try to understand how people advocate in their personal life, how they show up and advocate for underrepresented communities and groups. And that's a huge thing for me on, you know, the more general level, I always, 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 and I'm not HR, I'm not recruiting. I don't know if this is like, you know, something that's like a best practice from that sense, but What stands out for me when I'm doing an interview loop or I'm hiring people is they go to recruiting and they ask if they can send me a follow-up thank you note or they write me on LinkedIn and add me and once again make that like final push to advocate for themselves on why they're so passionate and excited about the opportunity. Those things are really what stick out for me and make me be like, I appreciate that because you wanted this bad enough that you took the time to take it one step further Mm -hmm. and you would be 
I think, well, I don't actually don't know if you would be surprised, but like how few people actually do that. Wow. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like a very... I know it seems like a no brainer, but it's yeah. interesting. I think there's like, I, I think there's two dynamics there where I think some people are almost hesitant yeah, to do it. Yeah, they're like they think scared. it's too much. And I think there are people that might just not think about it. But for me, I'm always somebody that, again, I'm, I'm a try person. I'm like, I'm going to try. The worst thing that's going to happen is I'm in the same position I was without sending that. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember when I was young and I would interview for jobs, I used to get so nervous. Like mm -hmm. I was a horrible interviewer. And it's funny because I'm a very outgoing person. Like I can talk to anyone. Yeah. But I'd like get so tripped up in these interview settings. And I feel like something that people should also think about is that when you're interviewing, it's you're just talking to someone. You're just talking to somebody. And again, I cannot stress enough, like the person on the other side of that Zoom or table or whatever, like they're a person. Yeah. You know, they've got a million things going on in their day. This is one snippet of it that just level with them. You don't have to, you know, be overwhelmed at the thought or idea of who this person is. They're just another human being. Yeah. And most of us, you know, I've done enough hiring now. Like, we really just want to have a conversation. Yes. Long gone are the days of the, when I interviewed at Google, it was those days of, you know, you've got, and how many airplanes can you fit in this hangar in LAX and blah, blah, you know, those weird questions or like, you know, how many tennis balls can you fit in a blender or some like all those crazy. Who the fuck was asking these things? Those, this was like a very well-known consulting and tech company interview practice. Oh like when God, I interviewed I at Google, very much failed. they were literally like, <laughs> How many medium fries are sold at McDonald's in the Eaton Center at lunchtime in a week? And like you have to go through, okay, well, the population of Canada is this and like show them your work back. Like there's it's an impossible task. But I think interviews like a lot of it is test anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I really just stress to people like keep it conversational. Have those questions for me in your back pocket. And I don't want to make this hard for you. And I don't want you to make this hard for me. So just show up be confident and, you know, know that that other person is not trying to trip you up or wanting you to fail. I think people are just looking for people who are a good fit and mm -hmm. know their shit, exactly. you know? And so if you are good at what you do and like you're a likable person, like those are the two factors and like people overthink interviews so much. And like, I say this because I remember how tough it was. Mm -hmm. I used to hate it. There was nothing that made me more anxious. And now being on the other side of it where I'm the one doing the hiring, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, why did I used to think that like, you this know, was so scary. Yeah. And like, why did I think that the people interviewing me were like sitting on these thrones? Like they were just mm -hmm. regular human beings. Exactly. And that's, I think that's what it is. It's like, we, I think because when you go into an interview and you get to that stage, like you want the job so, so bad, bad yeah. there is this pressure of like, I don't want to fail. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, know your shit. On, sorry, can I swear? I'm so yes. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I've been saying fuck. Like. Oh. <laughs> okay, great. No, but like, I also would say in terms of hiring advice, like I always, as a tip, and when I interview, go through the job description and I line up an example with sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? With like evidence of, you know, what, that return that I did on a specific program or whatever, like I show my results is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I look at that job description and I line up a situational example with results for every single line in that job description. And then I make sure I have questions. And that really allows me to be able Smart. to speak 
eloquently and efficiently to the results piece, Mm -hmm. because that's what people are looking for. They're like, did you run a program or a project or a campaign or a book of business and get results? Mm -hmm. Because that tells me that you can do your job. Super smart. Okay. I like to end the show Mm -hmm. with a quick rapid fire. So first question, what's one dream you had that never worked out? Oh my gosh. I mean, so I have, this is a conversation for another podcast, but I was an athlete from when I was like seven years old. I did gymnastics and this program called Sports Seneca in Canada scouted me and brought me into a program that like was training us for the Olympics. And so I would literally like train from 6.30 to 9.30, go to school where one teacher taught grade three, four, and five, and the other teacher taught six, seven, and eight. And then we train again at night and then on Saturdays. And so from seven or eight years old, I was doing this. However, third grade, you're eight. I was doing this from that time. And, you know, obviously I got injured, so I wasn't able to continue to pursue it. And that was just like a dream that was never realized, but I loved it in the sense that it taught me so much about like discipline, time management. And I just feel like I'm a completely different person and more efficient as a result of it. So dream lost, but experience Habit, found. And habits, habits gained. Found. Yes. My God. Yes. What's one career mistake you made that felt like the end of the world? Oh my gosh. You know, I really think it, it comes down to, I didn't bet on myself early enough. I think that, you know, thinking about that lateral shift, seeing the value that I had and wanting to go into this different kind of work, I just did... I. I I didn't have that confidence that I should have had. And it's fine. It all worked out. But really, you know, I think that I spent a bit of a longer amount of time in a situation that I wouldn't want to be in because I didn't have the confidence to bet on myself. What is one book that changed your life? Okay. So this might not be the most popular question or answer, but so when I was young, my mom gave me a biography of Audrey Hepburn. It was just Mm -hmm. called Audrey Hepburn, an intimate portrait. And it went into so much detail about who she was as a person and like her commitment to kindness and compassion as, you know, an actress, a mom, a humanitarian. And I just, that was instilled in me from reading that. I, I think I was literally 11 or 12. And I realized that you can, you know, be compassionate. You can be collaborative. You can want everybody to be the best version of themselves and you can help them do that from such a young age. And, you know, I've been saying it this entire podcast, like the way that I show up for people and the way that I want to show up for people is truly because I want them to be happy and the best version of themselves and find joy in their life. And if I can help them get there, then that brings me like immense, you know, motivation and satisfaction. And so I think that knowing that someone was so successful showing up with that kindness and compassion really allowed me to be able to show up in that way too. And like I said, you don't have to be an asshole to be successful. I cannot stress it enough. Yes. (laughs) On that note, thank you so much for being here, Alex. This was a joy. This was so fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. 